Salam. Thank you for coming back, man. Thank you for Always, having me yeah. again. Uh, what have you been up to? <sighs> what haven't I been up to is the question, to be honest. I've been um, studying, been prepping for exams. I've uh, been planning my EP, been working on the side, been organizing my charity stuff. So yeah. been all COVID over the place. COVID didn't affect your, your school at all? Um, yes, it did, because mm-hmm. obviously everything now had switched to online class. But in terms of us actually having class, mm. yeah, they did try to, you know, continue that part. Um, just the way we did exams and things like that had changed for a bit. Um, and of course, just adjusting to, you know, being at home, not being able to move about and not having that balance in life yeah. and mainly, you know, having online class. Um, but yeah, compared to um, here where school has been, you know, shut off completely, we didn't have You didn't that. have that? No. Ah. So you, you are among the lucky few that are not going to be set back. Yeah, a people. bit, but not as, 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 much, as, as much as here. As yeah. What do you mean a bit though? Like, um just because of the whole you know online switch up um mm. we weren't able to do as much work you know as much um of the curriculum and also I'm a tutor so I also help school kids so I've seen how it has affected them as well so yeah definitely I would be lying if I say no you know everything has been great yeah. even though you know Germany's a country that's quite developed when it comes to um you know technology and things like that but still it had an effect on us for sure because no one expected this whole pandemic to be there you know how do you handle like um how do you handle coming back to when are you fully coming back to uganda or do you are you never going to come back um coming back sounds interesting because obviously i was born in germany actually yeah so born and raised in germany um but of course so that is your home i love home uh, i wouldn't say it's home to yeah, me this whole masaka masaka home. Thing is for you. <laughs> that's deep very deep <laughs> to me it's a very serious situation but yeah no masaka to me is home it's just i feel like you see how they say home is like it's more of a feeling it's mm. more of a you know you feel at home and now being in germany um being the only black girl in class or like one of the few black people in school um you never kind of feel at home because your surroundings just do not you know look like you yeah. um so yeah but uganda definitely that's that's home to me it's my heart and i'm planning to you know study and get my degree and everything and then hopefully relocate to here mainly uh. So um speaking of masaka masaka has been terrible in Uganda I know you I don't think you have like a clear picture of how bad it has been but yeah it has suffered a lot of stuff from for about now for like about eight months mm. previously we've we've had a lot of killings people mm. said I hope your people are not affected at all um no not directly uh, my grandmother did have a little scare but uh we thank god nothing happened she's fine um but yeah i mean it's it's been scary it's been worrying um but you know i just pray that you know the situation calms down and that the government does something about this yeah um now let's really go into the big conversation um when you were on the podcast you said you primarily came back to actually do charity yes around here mm-hmm. how is that going the um, for now since covid um 
I feel like even that had been on, you know, some sort of a break. Um, Because mainly my charity organization was trying to concentrate on like sustainable help, which needs, you know, a lot of monetary input and a lot of planning and things like that. Um, But because of us not being able to travel as much and do all these things, um, it's definitely been affected. We've been more concentrating on now trying to support the people in like surviving during this pandemic you know so things that i was trying to avoid before like um you know just buying food and and the necessities we've now switched to doing that for the people that are already under the charity organization just so that they can you know survive during this period Mm. but hopefully um after things calm down a bit more and you know more people are vaccinated and things like that um, you know, we're hoping to get back to the initial initial plan. Wait, what was the initial plan? Um, just sustainable help. For example, we had started a poetry project at one school, Kako Primary. Um, so we did that when some of the kids had started going to school. I think it was year eight or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and they were so happy about it. They were starting to, you know, learn about poetry, make money. It was part of their curriculum even. So it helped them in many ways. Um, but obviously then when the kids left, you know, we had to then sell the chickens, which, you know, we didn't make any losses or anything, but, um, obviously the whole point was for it to go on, you know, for them to really, um, benefit from it. But, um, yeah. So for now, since kids are not in school, that project, for example, is on hold until they're back in school. Wait, where is the project back in school yet? Right now, the kids have a lot of time to actually take part in um, things that are not school. Because, you know, some kids, first of all, are very far from school. Their mm-hmm. way to school is quite far. And the project was at school. And then also some of the teachers are not around school. You know, it's just everyone has been affected. So families, some kids had to now start working with their parents just to, you know, make an income for their family. So, yeah, things have been very complicated out there. We've also had the government shut down a lot of non-profit organizations Mm. in the previous months. Mm. I hope you, yeah, a lot of them, there's one friend of mine who is... um, but most of them are just being politically attached. Okay. Or anything, or the funding government says um, a lot of people that are starting charity organizations mm. use them to get funding to, yeah. f- to push political agendas yeah. as the long term. Like, yeah. like usually, and that is the conversation you also had with Kenneth. Yeah. I think he hinted on starting out as charity, then you stand as MP, then Mm. you, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I witnessed that when I start, when I registered the organization here in Uganda, I had a hard time with like registering because there was so much fraud going on. So they made it so, you know, strict for people to just to register, which I understand because this is the reason, because I registered when I was 18, so mm-hmm. I was still very young. But I could already tell that, hmm, whenever I go to Masaka and go to these different places and I see these different organizations that are supposed to be doing certain work, but I'm not really seeing anything happening yeah. at you know these places. So I was like, no, let me start my own thing so that I can actually see what goes into it and you know be transparent me being someone that's young and you know growing up in this whole social media area i can at least use my platforms to share you know and show the people that are supporting that guys we're actually doing what we're saying we're doing you know 
Um, so yeah, I do understand that we have to be more um, strict and just you know have an eye on all these organizations and make sure that they're actually doing what they're supposed to do. So um, I see a lot of you doing social media activity, but mm-hmm. besides, I never see you pay attention to the charity. I do not know if you actually succeeded in getting the website up, <laughs> the new website. Yeah, um, not yet. I wanted to, I wanted to work with young people um, on that, um, but I haven't. Yeah, I haven't done that yet. Exams have just been you know, taking my time up. But I'm definitely planning to relaunch um, beginning of next year, hopefully, if all goes well. Okay, that sounds interesting. And um, most of this charity work you, you've been doing yeah. as you're in Germany, how is that possible for you now? How are you able to work with people on ground? Um, well, firstly, I do travel quite a lot. I come to Uganda every, I want to say, three months. Um, so yeah, usually I, we do like the monetary runs outside for that period. And then when we've collected enough to fulfill one project, we come and we do it in that time. Um, so yeah, usually my time is quite fixed when I'm here, but I try to prioritize, you know, doing that first because it involves other people as well. Um, yeah, so that's how I try to balance, but of course I have help on ground as well who um, usually connect me to different people that, you know, need help um, or, yeah, just help me out with things in general. But I try to be as hands-on as possible when it comes to, you know, the whole project. So what is the main inspiration for for this charity and the running? Because usually, again, people start charity Mm. and then push different agendas. Mm. We've had cases of other people trafficking, using charities to traffic children yeah and and massacre is right now very vulnerable mm. so one would think that maybe in the future your long term could be to make a few trade-offs and get somewhere as mm. you're injecting a lot of money traveling back to uganda in yeah three months is quite pricey yeah 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 so what's like the inspiration um i would say definitely as i said you know just coming to uganda from when i was young mm. and my parents taking me around to you know different schools and villages and things like that so they kind of put that in me already so i feel like it's it is kind of a character trade um for me as well i just like helping people it's very hard for me to you know not help sometimes it can be a good thing sometimes it can be a bad thing but um yeah i feel like it's just in my nature and then again i started when i was 18 so when you start something at that young age i think you already have an idea of like you know what you want to do and it kind of shows the kind of person that you are Mm -hmm. so um yeah i feel like it's, it's mainly that and then um also how i mentioned just seeing that the other organizations are not doing what they're supposed to do um yeah because initially i was like okay i can maybe join another organization and you know volunteer for like a year or something that was initially my thought but when i saw that it's not really you know they're not really doing the work i was like no i need to in this what is the work in this case um helping out doing what they're supposed to do a lot of organizations um you know collect a lot of money and put it in places that it's not supposed to be going. So the people who are vulnerable end up with, you know, maybe 10% of what, you know, they were supposed to be having. In one of of, of the podcasts I've had, actually, it was uh, with Dwelling Places, with Director of Dwelling Places, who also runs a charity that deals with 
street children mm-hmm. and I emerged from the street life so um, we had a very long conversation relatable because mm. I was trying to show her where people misunderstand the street child because mm. I am part of the street children I have, I've been on the streets myself before mm. um, the one thing I know is definitely if let's say you get grants the, the people you're supporting are still going to have 10% because you the whole aim you say you get the 90% is still going to go to your personal bank to run your personal skills but you're still providing the help to the ch- children the 10% is still enough because they do not have anything you, mm. you're providing the basics and at least you're putting them somewhere mm. but then it's also funding now your, your personal lifestyle is it the same thing with you mm, no you see um let's say we do a campaign yeah. and uh, usually we already have plans for projects that we want to do beforehand so let's say with the poetry project we yeah. called it education so the campaign was education we already had the plan of what we wanted to do and we put it out there and asked people to support so they sent in funds to support this project in particular mm. so it was already written down i cannot now come and be like all right um, you know, we've already budgeted for it, but I'm going to take off this much money to, I don't know, buy myself a new bag or whatever it is, because I've already given that transparency beforehand, showing that these are the things that we want to do. These are the prices. Of course, it can be a bit more, a bit less, but there's not as much of a big window when you're that transparent from before. It's a difference if someone says, oh, we just, you know, support our, our charity and just fund us but they don't have a plan set beforehand then i feel like that's where some people can get out of hand and you know funds can land in places where they're not supposed to be well when you speak of transparency um, i want you to give detail onto mm-hmm. that because usually most um most organizations still audit and account more funds to themselves mm-hmm. than how do you make sure that whatever you're asking for is used and utilized to do exactly that? That and it's, it's um, not just an overpriced budget. Yeah. To, yeah. I try to do a lot of groundwork. Uh, good enough. I'm here often. Um, also with poetry project, for example, my uncle and aunt they have a poetry business, so they were literally my go-to people. From like, how much do chickens cost? Like, what's the maximum? What's the minimum? Um, you know, how many, what the medical costs, like, you know, cause they need to be vaccinated. Um, they get, you know, vitamins and all these things when chickens get sick, what costs come, you know? So I listed all of those things down, but in the end we were lucky. For example, we didn't, our chickens got sick once yeah. and we could already use the, the vitamins that we already had. So, you know, no chicken died or anything like that. So, you know, we were covered on that. But I had listed these possibilities down that, you know. Is this poultry? These are are you, are you say selling glare buds or broilers? Uh, they're, yeah, they're broilers. Mm, okay, interesting. Um, my, my, my elder sister is doing the same project. Yeah. But... It's her business this time. It's not charity. Yeah. Yeah, and she, I've seen she's struggling a lot. Really? Not like she's struggling because she doesn't have the funding, but there is the first batch was a success. Mm. And then COVID hit, and then added the movement of birds and the market. Okay, it's the market so after selling, yes. not yes. keeping them and no, 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 no. okay. Because I think she handles them very well. They're also at home, mm. so it's easier. They're very well monitored. Yeah. yeah next to her, so okay, that, that's interesting. So uh, let's go back to you in Germany. Yes. 
I have seen one of your most recent videos on online on social media mm-hmm. with your father. Yeah. <laughs> you have such a very strong P. relationship Diddy. with your father. I do. Why do you call him PDD? Um, PDD, the character. Is just PDD is rich, but then he has this other character of um, a very toxic human being. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I gave that name to my father years ago. So this whole toxic side of p diddy i hadn't even yeah, known yeah, about yeah. it yet but um no just p diddy of like back in the days in the videos i don't know just his mannerism and how he you know conducts true, true, himself true, true, true. so i feel like my dad just has that vibe so um yeah that's that's why i gave him that name and you know the whole family ran with it everyone knows now so one of the strongest issues with parenting mostly around africa yeah is culture dictates that there's always difference. These parents are authoritarian in mm-hmm. how they handle their children. Mm-hmm. So um, in most of the comments you're getting, yeah. that is the reality. People are saying, um, I literally can't be in the same room with my with father. My that father. is most of the reality yes. a lot of people are living. Mm. How do you describe growing up with your father too? Is it because you've grown up in Germany and the culture is different? Mm, I wouldn't say so because I have very balanced parents. My mother, for example, when I hear stories about her and her father, that is more what she says, you know, Um, like dinners and things like that. It was their father on the table and, you know, it was the kids separately. Um, But my father with his father, because my grandfather was um, a teacher and head teacher of the school. So he had a very close relationship with my dad. So I think my father got that from his father already, you know, that type of, of, exactly. And he just, ran with it and that's because that's what he knew that's the relationship he had with his father and he enjoyed it so i think um that's how it was with him so yeah my father is very i mean i respect him i know he's my father there's things that i you know wouldn't be doing out of respect because he's my father um you know i wouldn't speak a certain way and i mean it's not even like me anyways but um you know just being disrespectful or not listening or things like that there's a way i speak to him but i couldn't just you know treat him like a friend of mine a buddy or is you know it's not like that but um yeah it's definitely a very a very good relationship um he's very um how can i say like we talk about a lot of things he values my opinion um you know asks for advice vice versa he always says this is why i find it interesting that um people say it's in our culture because there's a lugero muluganda that says um how does it go something like that so he says that thing a lot and he's like you know we can learn so much from children as well so i feel like these are the things that are actually in our culture but it's like they're ignored exactly you know people we don't really learn about these things but they're embedded muganda so um yeah i feel like i think that's just what he went with and that's how he looks at life do you ever come back to Uganda with your father and yes. still have this same relationship yes. around all these aunties and uncles? Yeah. Yeah. How is that treated then? Um, fine, because they know my father and they knew my grandfather, so no. they're used to that. Yeah, they're used to that. There are certain things, of course, sometimes where, um, you know, my grandmother, for example, bless her heart, she's 95, she would sometimes look at us and be like, eh, 
some things, you know. She would be like, nah, that's too much, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's just about adjusting, you know. Once you're around us, you'll just understand that, you know, it's nothing that's, it's fine the way it is. But I also feel like um, we are supposed to have, rather than just, respect is a given, yeah? Yes. And and respect is, is something obvious. When you respect someone, they feel it, they, they, they see it. Exactly. But I feel like the whole respect thing is very misinterpreted. So mm. people end up having this distance because of respect. They yes. respect uh, people, not parents in Uganda. I'm saying Uganda because I've grown up here. And mm. I, know, I know with my own father. It's um, luckily enough for me, which is both good and bad. My father spent a lot of time outside of the country while studying. So mm. most of the time it was just him coming to holidays Visit. and the interaction. So it was not really had like i see how other people are treated so it's yeah. very easy for me to have conversations with him on things because yeah. then there's also a blame game of just telling hey look you man you're not around exactly so yeah. you do not know what i've been going through mm. but i feel like the whole with how i was raising my child when he was still with me mm. it was more of being a friend first mm. than mm. the label of just being a father yeah i, I remember i had this issue with my dad who is now the grandfather to the child mm. when i told him i do not actually mind my child calling me my name and oh. not having not him calling me dad or anything like, yeah at that age because a lot of then he also grew up with my siblings i have very young siblings who are he's actually older with someone he calls auntie so he's older than a few of them <laughs> so it's more like they're calling me my name then he has to now peruse and call me dad mm. so like no let the mom just call me my name mm. and it's the interaction let him be used to me because the respect has to come automatically i don't believe that i believe in being friends first mm. than being than the labels because yeah. i believe the labels bring this whole no that one is now a father so there's that whole imagined authority that shouldn't actually be there mm. and this is why people are shocked that you actually can't have your father on a blog i've also been trying to convince my father to just come on this podcast <laughs> to just give me his story and it's let me just keep watching the conversations but i Aww. think it's coming along yeah time, but yeah you're a big inspiration to all of us now it's, it's something humbled yeah i feel like um with the relationship you have yeah is also because you've spent a lot of time outside and not here so yeah they're not a lot of how can i term it a lot of things that are just barricades too because if you are to grow up here there'll be aunties coming into your business and mm. all that stuff we're all facing because parents just do a lot of things to impress their next door people around yeah. here it's yeah. more of um what will those people think of us than what do we think in yeah. our house? Yeah. That's why I said my, my parenting is very balanced because my mom is more of that type, you know. But my dad's character, that's just how it is. So even because I have siblings that grew up in Uganda mm. um, and, you know, went to school in Uganda and everything. But he's like that with them as well. So it's just his character. That's how he is. He's, he doesn't care much about what other people think because people have questioned his parenting many times many many times you know but he's like look guys my children because we're like what 10 11 kids oh. and he's like they're all great you cannot tell me that any of my children you know are not great everyone's doing good everyone's great so i don't see you know what the issue is so that's just it's just his character because um family does you know 
try to merge in and be like, ah, I don't think that's right. I don't think, but you know, I feel like for me, parenting is, you just have to know your child and have, you have to know how to deal with them because I see it with me and my siblings. I can tell that we're all different. What works for me, Melissa, me, for example, I'm someone who I don't drink. I don't smoke. I've never tried, you know, smoking anything at that. Um, so that's just my character, but I've been around people who do it. But my parents have given me the freedom to do whatever I want. I've been in clubs. My dad, at the age of like, what, eight or something, which is, I shouldn't even be doing that, you know. But just because they have the confidence in, ah, Melissa's big-headed. <laughs> no one will convince her to do something she doesn't want to do. Yeah. So let her be. Let her do whatever, you know, she wants to do. But then there's other siblings of mine, not going to mention any names, um, where you cannot do that. You have to kind of... Bit, give them a bit of a, mm, that one, I don't think that's a good idea. Maybe you shouldn't, you know, they get groups and, you know, yeah. start. But, um, yeah, all in all, I think you just have to, like, study your child. It's important to have a relationship with your child. If it's this distant... Did you grow up around your dad? Um, mostly I did. He, he, did, he wasn't around as a lot. Um, there's times when I used to see him every other weekend, mm. you know, there's times where I didn't see him for a period of months. Um, but yeah, me, he was always present, I should say, like a, a phone call away, if anything. Yeah. But um, it's not like, you know, I didn't hear from him for, you know, he was definitely around. Yeah. Yeah. I think we shared, uh, my dad doesn't smoke or drink or do any of that stuff. Mm. And he's always never minded mm. about if, you, if you'd smoke or drink or do any of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that we do not now... We, I've tried to smoke. I've tried to drink. Yeah. I also just realized it's not my thing. Or maybe because I saw that it is something my dad didn't want to do. Mm. So I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, it's... It's, it's first of all fun. stressing, but then I wouldn't want to do it because I didn't see it grow up. Yeah. yeah. I didn't see my dad. It's not... I'm not predisposed to any of that mm. stuff. So it's interesting that we share that in common. But, but also, you know what's yeah. interesting? My father used to drink a lot and he used to smoke all the time around me. Now, I feel like because I saw that and because I saw the state that he was in and like I have uncles as well that drink a lot, I feel like that's what made me feel, mm, this thing is not for me. I don't see good things coming from that. So it's interesting that you say you didn't see your I dad doing any of that so it didn't you know draw you in but then for me it was like i saw all of that but i was like because mm, for me with parties he kept saying no you guys should drink the alcohol like every other child around here like you should be like a child yeah and i growing up at home no one was drinking yeah uh, people were just pretending the most we could do is to drink a beer that is sweet like maybe it's man or stuff like that mm. but then now we, we we get our freedom we get away from home we get our freedom i try all these things i try the smoking mm. i have my friends i i, I see a lot of stories mm. i hear this man's story i put it on a <laughs> podcast then i sit back and i'm like no this is not what i want to do this yeah. is just too much work and i just quit I'm like, no, this is, this is really not it. It's yeah. not for you. Do you feel like you're going to raise your children the same way? Um, I think I'm going to take the best of both worlds, like from both of my parents. Um, I, I'm going to try and mix their parenting. Um, because if you would have asked me 
whose do I prefer? Yeah. I couldn't tell you. Most people see um, the relationship I have with my father and they're like, oh, Mel probably, you know, her father's probably her favorite parent, things like that. No, no, no. I love my parents both and they both played a huge part in the person that I am. Are you saying today. this because they have to listen to this podcast? No, no, no. I really do. I really do. And I believe in both of them because if it wasn't for my mother, yeah. I, I don't think I would be this humble and cultured person that I am. I don't think I would um, love my home country as much and have those values, those core values that I have. I definitely got them from my mother. Um, some people would say maybe my dad, for example, didn't always agree with how she, you know, tried to teach us these things. But looking back, I understand. In the moment, of course, when you're a child, you yeah, can be a bit yeah, rebellious yeah. and be like, no, I don't. But um, no, looking back, I definitely understand. And she did the right thing and i'm i'm very happy that you know she taught how is it possible for you to transition between two cultures um the buganda culture Mm. is extremely hardcore like uh there's a lot involved yeah on how you're supposed to be a woman definitely but then you're living in the western world Mm. where it's complete opposite (laughs) complete opposite yeah how is the transition like for you um it's been good actually i feel like since my mom is such a Muganda woman, um, definitely at home, once you open the door, I'm in little Uganda, basically. Little Masaka, I should even say. You know, so all these things that she she does and she teaches, that happens at home. So the time I spend in school is the time I spend in school. But every time when I go back home, it's, it's my culture. I know where I come from. I know... So your mom is how, still a Muganda woman, but in Germany. In Germany, definitely. Yeah. My mother even took... Omanye and Sua, like the water from Uganda, she took it to Germany. As in, we have that chapati. Instead of just using a pan, she has the proper stone, whatever thing, packed it. So there's nothing that you would want that you can't get in her household. What do you think about the culture in general? Is it something you really appreciate or is it because you have to be a good girl and follow your mom? Um, no, I do appreciate it, but I think it's the way how I was taught it. So you see how we talked about like parenting and I just told you something that is in our culture that people don't really talk about. So the actual culture that it is, I think is very beautiful. What people make it is a different story. But our the core of our actual culture, the things that I do know, because I don't know everything, but the things that I do know that I have been taught I think are are beautiful. What are some of these things you've been told? Um, just um, just being a people's person, you know, being very welcoming, uh, being respectful. Um, oh but gosh, you know, so respect. Um, it does not mean that the Western world there's no respect to it. Um, living like mm, you're talking to someone who's grown up in Germany, going to school. Like I've seen how children interact with our teachers and how it is here. I'm not saying, like I said, again, here, um, sometimes what people make it can be a bit harsh as well, but I feel like the core of how it's supposed to be, you can definitely tell. Because in Germany, you can find a school kid standing on a teacher's table 
like for what you're going to school to learn i don't care how good of a friend you are with your teacher that is just something that's wrong you get it you can be having conversations with your teacher i wouldn't mind that that's maybe one thing that here we don't find as much which would be nice yeah. but you can do that in a respectful way but you don't have to be stepping on teachers tables and that's just do you ever confuse culture the the two different cultures for racism like maybe these people are designed like this and back home it's like this mm. and um the disrespect what you might term as disrespect yeah and you find it as because uh, i was talking to a friend of mine martin mm. so he left to go to the new york mm-hmm. and some of the incidences i'm not saying he was not racially abused because mm. he's back and, and and america is has a lot of cases like this mm. so i would understand where i was coming from but some of the cases he was explaining to me were yeah. just different cultures but because he's also had quite muganda person mm. from down here grown up here raised yeah. here it's to him that was racism but then mm. in my understanding of what he was explaining to me it was okay no this different people it's different just, lifestyles because mm, most of the times i've also worked for um i worked for some people from the western world mm-hmm my bosses are not really racist mm. but because of their culture this is how they how choose they... to d- behave mm-hmm. yeah. i so. hear that definitely um there's a very thin line i feel like it's very very thin um and i think especially when you experience it and you're actually living in that world there's a way you just feel like i've said this before it's like every day i leave my apartment in germany i don't know what can happen to me outside and it's not as dangerous as how you feel you see like the news of like the black person in america especially for males like shooting or things like that no germany in that sense is very organized but just the approach of how people handle you how they speak to you how they look at you how you know those things you just never know what can happen so there's a way you always feel uncomfortable unlike here when i'm home I go out and I'm just like, you know, I don't have to think twice of like, you know, what if someone comes and looks at me oddly or, you know, treats me in a bad way or let's say I'm going for a job interview, what if, you know, the people there are racist? All these things I don't have to think about when How I'm is it like here. living um you as a black woman mm. living in Germany? Um me personally? Is it um yeah. I have not had that bad of an experience compared to the stories that I've heard. Um Germany is quite a big country. I think it also depends on where you live in yeah, Germany. Yeah. Yes. If you're in a place um for example my region Hessen is a place that is quite multicultural. It's not a lot of black people but a lot of Moroccan people, Turkish people, so they're used to foreigners. Um so you know there's a way that you know the foreigners kind of also connect in a way, you know, because everyone has left their home country and things like that. So you don't get as much backlash i haven't with me but then also i'm a very strong character so i feel like people kind of are like ah mel let's not mess with her because my little brother there's stories that he has from like school where i was heartbroken but i never experienced any of that you know so yeah i think it definitely depends on the person that you are how you you know portray yourself how you show yourself the character that you have and then also where in germany you're lo- located okay Great. That is some insight for view on, on, on how things are. Yeah. So now, um, let's go a bit to you, the musician, as Melissa. Mm-hmm. How are you balancing 
because um, your fan base, the biggest bit is Uganda, right? Yeah. You're singing for us. Yeah. People. But then you have grown up in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to say? <laughs> so what you want to say? <laughs> no, it's interesting. Yeah, you have a new fan there who is <laughs> probably very interested in you. But all right. <laughs> So you're singing for us, the fans, yeah? Yes. <laughs> but you're then best in Germany. Yes. Your friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of how music moves mm. around here, it's your friends have to appreciate it. Mm. How do you balance your friends? And you also have a lot of friends, from what I see on your social media, a lot of yeah. your friends are celebrities. Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I do not know if you know <laughs> them as celebrities or just people you've grown up with. Yeah. But they're celebrities down here. Yeah. So how are you balancing that? How do you embed? How do you... Because you're making music for us. You should understand our situations. Mm-hmm. How do you make music that... Mm, I think... That can speak to me. Yeah. I think with me... Yeah. Uh, because how you said the fan base, it came after the music came, if that makes sense. So me initially doing music was literally just my surroundings being like, Mel, you should do this, you know? So that's how it started. For me, it was just mainly of, I have passion for this. I love music. All right, let me give it a go. Let me do it. And then the fan base for that kind of grew. So I didn't really think, oh, how am I going to approach, you know, Ugandans with my music? No, I just did what I felt most comfortable with. And, you know, the music that I enjoy myself and listen to. And I think when you listen to my music, you can tell that it's not your typical Ugandan sound. It's also not your typical German sound, you know, even though that's what I am. But it's just a mixture of music that I listen to, music that I enjoy, and just topics that I want to cover. Oh. So I feel like, yeah, it's more more of that. Right, interesting. So um, the EP, yes. how far are you with it? Um, very close to being done. I'm still working on a few surprises for it. You've not so released any other hopefully. music apart from Empire of Love? Um, I have another song called Make You Proud. It's out? So those are, yeah, okay. it's out. So I have those two songs out right now. And, um, yeah, I'm working on a six-track EP. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it will In this case, soon. are you making your new fans proud are you making your dad proud? Make you proud is a dedication to parents. Yeah, definitely. Dedication to parents. And even in the lyrics, yeah. if you listen to the lyrics, you you can tell like what parts I'm talking about my dad, what parts I'm talking about my mom. But also, you know, dedicating to children that don't have their parents anymore and things like that. So, yes, it's a song about, you know, parents. How do you suppose pushing music? Because um, a lot, I see you have... A very you have very active engagement on social media mm-hmm. you um of course the guys like you a lot <laughs> and they're always hyped about what you drop but then when it comes to music it's tricky we've seen um 22 party come out to hit should i give you guys a fun fact yeah pia pounds is my cousin yeah you've told me that um, <laughs> online told me that so um definitely she has really hit stories yeah so happy I'm proud of her uh, do you guys have any music together coming up? Um, no, we haven't. No, we've actually not worked on anything together. Um, but yeah, we're definitely going to link up today, actually. Mm. And I'm going to listen to some of the stuff that she's been working on. Um, yeah, so we do advise each other a lot in that sense, you know, when it comes to music. Um, I met her not even knowing that she's my cousin in the first place. 
Um, so I met her through her being an artist and recording music and just, you know, her asking me, what do you think of this? And, you know, but, um, how did you yeah. find out your cousins? Um, how did I find out? She sent me a picture one day because basically I met her at Big Talent. So she was under like Eddie Kenzo's and all of that. So I was working with Eddie as well during that time, uh, doing shows and stuff like that. And then, um, there's a day she sent me a picture of like my older brother and her. And she's like, oh, by the way, I found out we're family. I was like, huh? What do you mean? <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'm here with your brother. That's, you know, my cousin, BTBT. I was like, wow. And then I took her to Masaka, to Kako, where my grandmother is. And then she told my grandmother who her parents are. And then she's like, what? So my grandmother was so happy because she hadn't seen her ever, I think, or when she was very little. Um, so yeah, and then my grandmother gave us a, a history lesson of, of how we're related and, you know, all these things. So yeah, that's how so, I found out. Good, good, good. That's a very good story. Um, <laughs> with regards pushing, let's say, make you proud. Mm -hmm. Are you going to use the same direction she used of, um, no, she actually didn't use this direction, this direction for her. Yes. Yeah. But she had a lot of viral. The song hit a lot of people, then it hit MC Africa, then yeah. it went viral. But besides that, still, it had all these other influencers blow it up every other day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And it's something I do not know if you use your dad to do like a viral vid now that your dad is also popular. <laughs> on I think your last video has about 30k views. I, mean, I didn't yes, even know. I, that's that's not crazy. A thing. So it's crazy. Those are good numbers. So are you going to use that same direction? Blow up maybe on TikTok? How do you suppose you're going to push your music? Um, That's a very good question. It's something I'm thinking about a lot. It's also something that is making me, you know, hold up on, on releasing the EP. Mm. Just because I also know that I have my university and that's like my main focus. Um, so yeah, because music, it really does take a lot of work. And especially if you don't have a big team behind you. Um, yeah, so that is what I'm thinking about at the moment. But I definitely think, I mean, social media is, is a God-given blessing when it comes to the music industry, you know. Yeah. Um, TikTok as well. It's crazy how songs are just blowing up on, you know, TikTok. It's like the app is really creating hits at this point. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely a very good approach. And also, I feel like if you do that, it's more relatable in a way. And I just love seeing the interaction with like music and and on social media because I'm always on Twitter and these things they entertain me as well as a person. Mm. So, um, yeah, that would definitely be a, a beautiful thing. But also speaking of um, most of the music that is getting out there from Uganda, mm -hmm. all these artists are signed to big labels because yeah. then they, then they need big teams to to get yes. things done mm. when you look at um azawi then others that have dropped out of big labels like fameka yeah and uh this chick irene tale mm -hmm. have also come down like we do not hear any more of them um mm. say fameka's current i think the biggest hit still is bully guitar mm. but she has he has also sorry he has also released more music after that mm. but it has still not done as big as as big as yeah but buligita he wasn't signed by then as well yeah buligita wasn't but that's the only big hit he has mm. after kama ivan mm. he all these other songs are just me you say that yeah they, they, they're not hitting as for make for make i used to release one song and your streams would be up in a minute um, i feel like irene tally is silenced right now 
Yeah. yeah. With Irene, I don't know how her contract is because obviously she had also done a deal with Swangs Avenue. Yeah, no, 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 with um the South is it Nigerian? Who did she? Was it Universal or something? She signed. I I don't know, but recently she was even asked if she. I just know that she fell out with Swangs Avenue so bad. Yeah, that and was years ago. Though. That was said yeah from twenty seventeen. Yeah, that is when she fell out with Swangs Avenue, but she has never come back up. After then. that, yes. So yeah, do you think you need to be signed to a label? Mm, I don't well? think it's necessarily the label, but mm. definitely you need a team with everything you do. Um, if you're planning to do it on your own alone, it's definitely going to be hard. And when you have a team that actually knows what they're doing, I think that's also the big part. Because me personally, when it comes to music, I have a lot of artists that I help behind the scenes with like music distribution. I never went to school for that or anything, you know, but I saw artists who were literally just surviving on gigs and shows here in Uganda. And I was like, guys, at least put your music out there on the streaming platforms and try, you know, to make some money hmm. off of that. So in the pandemic, most of them even reached out to me and said, no, I didn't, I don't even know what I would have done if I didn't have that stream of income, you know? So I think it's more about knowing the business side of like music and having people behind you that know that. But I don't think you necessarily need to have a huge label behind that because there's big artists that are signed to the Sonys, the Universals, and yeah, but the they're not being labels able to, you know. Labels can take the risk, which risk you could also be very willing to take mm. rather than you, because you do... Now, again, COVID has also hit, so the injection of how much money you can individually put into your music. Yeah. Unless you're very passionate about it, True. but I do not see you getting back the, that amount of money yeah. from the music right True. now. Mm. Yeah, so that yeah. is where the label comes in. It yeah. takes the risks for you, then you get a fair... Fair. Most of these times, it's not actually fair. This is why uh, the filmmakers are not going back to their Leave. labels. So exactly, they feel like it's not fair. But yeah. then, when you look into what the label is doing mm. and how much, because we did not know about filmmaker, then they come, they put him on the map, they dress him up, they mm. do all these videos, mm. first class videos. They put in that amount of, of yeah, yeah. No, I definitely yeah that one. I I definitely see. I hear where you're coming from yeah. with that. Um, I think just for me because I just like being hands on with things. I like knowing you know what's happening, and I like being control in control of like how what direction. Now, when you're in a label, you're a bit restricted when it comes to these things. But then again, in my case, since it's not my main you know income and my main focus, um, I'm a bit more free with it. And then also me doing music the input in terms of like recording and stuff yeah. like that i've been very blessed to have you know amazing producers who are literally just helping me basically just friends of mine who are like yo mel i have a beat let's work together you know other artists who are like i want to be on a track with you let's you know and i don't have to pay them to do that or things like that um so yeah and even when it comes to like the music being on different radio stations and tv stations you know i have friends that work on different radios and tv so they've literally loved them so much they've really been such a big help when it comes to that i haven't had you know to struggle but of course to be on a on a next level, let's say for me, if I was to look at being this huge, big viral personality, it takes a lot. It takes a lot. But, Do you have dreams of becoming like a Beyonce? Um, maybe not Beyonce. I, mean, I don't Beyonce know how. how biggest how, female. Yeah, it? amazing. No one like Beyonce her. Rihanna. But yeah. um, in terms of 
maybe Rihanna more so, but she hasn't been releasing music. But in terms of building an empire and doing different things, I see myself doing that. So I'm not just, for example, studying, I'm doing health. So that's something completely different than music. But that's something I'm also very passionate about and something I want to do. So I want to be able to do all of those things that, you know, make me who I am. How is it easy for you to do actually health? I feel like reproductive health is like one of those hardcore courses. Mm. How do you balance that with your music? Um, and your lifestyle <laughs> as a celebrity. Yeah. You put it in that code. Because you're like all up on social media. Yeah, but the, that's what it calls for. You're all up in social media <laughs> and you spend a lot of time on social media. So how is that for you? How do you balance that with school? Um, yeah. Basing I on the fact that you do. Yeah. I try to, that. with studies when it's time for exams i try to shut everything off i usually even announce i'm like guys i'm gonna be off the grid for the next month because exams are coming up you know um music is usually when i'm here um i you know get to record and things like that um so yeah it's mainly the time that i take off when i'm here the good thing is with uni schedules usually three months of studying then exams then you're off for three months then you go again three months of studying exams off for three months how is it easy for you to put off your mind because you know it's one thing to just announce you know i'm going to do my exams then yeah the you the person as melissa how yeah. do you then switch into now let me just do the academia do that thing because yeah I mean, it's the mind is, space alone is yeah definitely especially when you are used to being on socials yeah, for a lot of time exactly. oh, yeah but i try to i've tried to reduce my screen time in general um in my day-to-day life already like i used to wake up and first thing phone and i've canceled that out you know the first 30 minutes or an hour is just me time you know i'm not on a screen on a phone or anything like that um, so yeah, I try to incorporate that in my day-to-day life. So when it's time for exams, it gets a bit easier for me to just be like, okay, now it's time. And I know it's not going anywhere. Like I'm going to come back though. Some of the platforms try to play with your algorithm after you, you yeah. know, you're off for a bit, but, um, yeah, I, I also see you extremely hyped up on social media. <laughs> How does this make you feel? <laughs> I don't really see it, you know. It and is, I've been told this quite a lot. A lot. Um, I don't... There's this news site, Joseph's news site, mbu.ug, that is always posting you. I don't yeah. know. I've just kind of reduced. I do not know if the guy behind it just has this crush on you <laughs> or something. But then they will have to post you at no. least every week. Like, okay. Okay, we get the <laughs> point. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how does this make you feel do you feel like yeah um it's interesting to me to be honest it's interesting i'm always just like surprised every time i'm just like oh okay um but yeah i don't i don't know i don't take it too seriously if that makes any sense i try not to i'm a very calm you know person do you meet all these people when you come back to um i do meet some of them but not all of them because usually like i said my schedule is always so strict so i try to because i actually enjoy being around people i think some people don't understand i don't know if it's something they're not used to but i actually don't mind being around strangers and having conversations to me that's interesting Mm. when i'm in masaka sometimes my uncle who like drinks alcohol he takes me to his bars and i'm there like literally having full-on conversations with people that i do not know and people will look and be like why is she talking to some you know drunkards but 
you find so many like interesting stories and people and you learn so much when you speak to just different people of different walks of life and that's how you also connect and you build certain relationships and stuff like that so that's just naturally the person you know that i am so sometimes people are surprised they're like i wouldn't think you would you know just sit here and talk to me i'm like what do you mean <laughs> so how much time do you spend in kampala's compared to masaka, masaka. when you're back in Um it depends on what my main travel purpose is. If I'm here mainly because of music first, then it's more it's times Kampala, yes. If it's more charity, then I'm a bit more in Masako. Like if we have family functions going on or, you know, prayers or things like that, I might be more in Masaka, but usually I try to I would say it's it's mm, I'd say it's like 70% Kampala, 30% Masaka. So you back for charity or Finishing um finishing the AP and a break because I've been in exams and I deserve it because I passed them so yeah no, also on a break <laughs> yeah. so um you're doing music are you working with any other guys I was talking to the myth yeah. yesterday about you being around yeah so he was telling me he asked how long you you're around here because yeah. that's one he will thinks about also getting you on the podcast oh. which will organize because nice. then I do that for him yeah but also um probably working with him would be very good i think he yeah. has very good music yeah he also, it does besides the ugandan album he has this other music he, he wants to come up with okay so nice. i do not know what you're looking at with the ep yeah. music uh we have actually been at studio together yeah. um there's a song that i wanted us to work on but unfortunately i don't even remember what happened during that time but um yeah we weren't able to do that but definitely um i think sooner or later we'll be working on something because he's do you so write talented your music i do but i don't call myself a songwriter but yeah the music that is out i have written myself all your music you've written yourself yeah. um empire of love i've had help from bini ganta he was at studio so he helped me um but yeah mainly make you proud i wrote all of it um and even other songs that are going to What's come the out. actual process of coming up with like an EP like both mentally and studio time who do you how do you come up with yeah. the songs and stuff Um like I usually find myself just you know vibing and I'm in a certain mood and then I feel like I want to speak on that mm. and then I usually look for beats or instrumentals and um i either send them to like different producers and i'm like are you able to like work on something like this or i just tell the producers that you know send me beats and then if i hear one beat that i'm like oh this is nice i start writing on it so um yeah it's usually it's it's always different but mainly i do work closely with producers because i didn't study music so i don't know perfect terms and things like that. So I'm always explaining myself in my own language saying, you know, I want this and I want that, but um yeah, I've I've really been blessed to work some with talented people that are just masters of their craft and mm. have just made the whole experience so fun. Then with the music videos, do you envision the video before you do the song? I feel like this is how my video should be or you also do give 
the whole concept to the videographer? Um, it depends. I'm asking this because I want to really work on your videos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with my team. <laughs> nice. So, um, but yeah, no, it, it really depends. Sometimes you can have a song, or I could have a song and be like, I I see exactly how I want it to look. And sometimes I can have like so many different ideas, but it's like all over the place. Make you proud, for example, doesn't have a video yet. And I really don't know how I want it to look. Like I have so many different ideas, but I can't pinpoint, okay, this is how I want it to be. Mm. So that's why it's also taken me long to, you know, do that video. And I'm probably going to even hold up on it, you know, after the EP and probably shoot something else first. But um, there's one song I did with um, a guy called Benji Kasule, who's also so talented, writer, producer, singer, um, and we have a song together and for that i have like the whole concept of the whole video already you know i see it visually um and yeah he's up for that as well so it really depends on on the song in my then case. Uh, the selection of who gets on the ep or how people you collaborate with yeah how do you come up with that like i want to work with this guy yeah is it because you're friends with people or because this you feel like this person is talented and you want to relate with how they to come up with their music. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, sometimes I have certain songs where I would write something. For example, The Myth, um, the song that I wanted to work with him on, I had already had the song yeah. and I could just hear him on it. I didn't even know who he was by then, but like I saw him on the timeline, checked out his music, and I was like, that is the type of, you know, voice yeah, that yeah, I want yeah, yeah. on this type of track. Um, and then, you know, there's other times where I'm just in studio chilling and an artist might, you know, walk in and they're like, what are you guys recording? And, you know, it sounds dope. And they just go on the mic and start freestyling there and then. And we end up, you know, making a song. So, um, yeah, it's just different. But mainly for me, it's usually just hearing a certain sound and wanting a certain person on that track, if that makes any sense. You mentioned working with Kenzo. Yeah. Have you released that music yet? I also appreciate how Kenzo really does incorporates culture in whatever he's doing. Oh and yeah. He's Always. he's he's moved to that stage where he's not just doing music because he's a big guy. Yeah. Where he wants to sell a culture. Yeah. He wants to sell concepts and he works with all these other people. Definitely. So, yeah. yeah. Um me and Eddie actually working with him was more of like his show and management. That side. That was what I was doing. Um, musically, there's some songs, I don't even remember the names, where he would, I would be in the studio and just back up different tracks that he was recording. Mm. But they might even be out because I don't remember the songs. It was literally just me being in the studio. And he's like, ah, I need a female voice in the background for this one. And I'll jump on that. But um, I'm sure we're going to work on something one day, like an actual track, um, definitely, because he's family. So... Um, most of my songs that I've recorded have been at his studio as well. Um, so yeah, definitely, I'm sure one day. Okay, this <laughs> is interesting. I don't think I've left anything else. Uh, <laughs> as we just conclude, we'll just ask you that yeah. very thing we ask. What's the legacy you're trying to build as Melissa? Ooh, that's a very deep question. Yeah. Um, the legacy I'm trying to build. Um. Ooh, very deep. I definitely want to make sure that I leave a legacy that just says, you know, Melissa 
was a good person that was trying to help people. I feel like kindness and love, that should be like the core. Like if I was to leave the room and people speak on like Melissa, those are the words that I would appreciate, you know, hearing about myself. Just knowing that, you know, she she was always loving and kind and it is possible because a lot of things feel like okay when you reach certain levels in life you know people change and things like that but i would love and i pray that that core stays you know with me um but yeah definitely just helping people and just help developing you like relating with helping people yeah one thing i know about people who like helping people Mm -hmm. is because they're more like paying back to life. But then you also seem like a rich kid. Mm. Oh, do I? Yeah. But oh. Of course, you've also been blessed. You've German, Uganda, you travel mm-hmm. three months, you're back in Uganda. Uh-huh. That, that's not normal man lifestyle. So <laughs> the people I know that help people a lot, uh-huh. and, and I'm saying this because I've been helped a lot by a lot of people. Uh-huh. But then when I sit down with them and find out why they're doing all this is because they're more like paying back debt to life. Mm-hmm. They have, um, most I know have grown up with very harsh backgrounds mm-hmm. and maybe one person helped them. Mm-hmm. So they're indebted to life and they, they get to pay back mm-hmm. just like helping other hands. But then you don't seem to be that example. You have your parents around. Yeah. You Everything looks... Of course, it's not like it's all clear on a silver plate, yeah. but yeah, of course, it's better than the average human being. Yeah. I so, think, you know... With me, I've seen a lot in life at a very young stage and age. There's times where we didn't have anything. I think that's why I'm also, my father's like a huge inspiration to me because he survived a stroke. He's had, um, he's been in comas before, you know, been shut down and got independent. So for him, when he got sick, he wasn't working at all, as in no income. Because if you're if you're in Germany and you work for a company or whatever and you get sick, you get sick leave and they pay you still a little percentage. But mm. he had that. So there's times where we literally did not have, you know, anything. I've had times where I haven't, you know, had anything. So I think just seeing that, that that is possible. But then also knowing that even though in my... Because now you have to look at it like this. To me, I didn't have anything because I was in Germany, but it was because my surroundings were just different. If someone else in Uganda, maybe in a village somewhere or a ghetto, would have looked at me in that stage, they would say, Naira Kaliko, like she was still fine, you know, because she had a roof over her head. Okay, she maybe didn't have food for today, but maybe tomorrow. Do you get it? Like, it's not comparable as such, but to me, because of the environment I was in, it was definitely, you know, hard times. But then I think for me, just traveling back here and just having that comparison is just something that for me, I just feel like I see myself and I'm like, I could have been that, if that makes any sense. So I just feel like I just want to help, you know. And I know I cannot help everyone yeah. and, you know, do everything, but the little I can, you know. But you can also help him. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so um, as a woman... <laughs> Who has grown up in two? <laughs> as a woman who has grown up in two different worlds. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've seen both cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen how women are treated in Uganda. Yeah. You've also been exposed out. out yeah. There. 
One, I'll ask you, do you want to get married to a German man or a Ugandan man? Uh, if I would have it my way, he would be Ugandan. What do you mean have it your way? Like, <laughs> well, I thought you have to have it your way. Definitely, yes, but you never know. God also has his own plans. But yeah, if it were up to me, if you just asked me up front, I would prefer that. Why? Just because I love Uganda so much and I don't feel, I don't think a German could understand the love that I have for Uganda and like I'm always here and he might you know it might get complicated and just the culture differences and things like that then do you also be think easier it's easy to love Uganda from the side yeah um, I hear a that a lot and by <laughs> yes. the way I'm very disturbed by that yeah because yeah. let me tell you guys something yeah most of the people the young people that I speak to that I hear mm. they say oh Uganda BTBC, they complain a lot but have you ever spoken to someone that grew up in Uganda and went to Bulaya for like a year yes. or two years? They start saying, I miss home. I want to go back home. All of the people, exactly. including my own sister so, and siblings. So being here, I think you don't, it's, I think it's the nature of human beings. You don't appreciate the things that you have. So it's not about being outside and loving. I think it's just about coming back and appreciating the country for what it's actually worth if you've never been outside and you don't know how it is outside where you're going but you always want they always say what the grass is green on on the other side or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. so i think you always feel like oh it's better out there it's better there because you see the things on tv and media and whatever it is but once you come back you appreciate the things that uganda is blessed with because me let me tell you guys something what do you mean appreciate the things you're gonna bless with like being green <laughs> because we have bad governance we have all this stuff yeah there's a lot of things you don't also get me come wrong. from massacre and massacre yes. is suffering a big heat definitely yeah. don't get me wrong but again every country has its issues it's just because you're here you're focusing on your issues which you should because this is your environment so you should be worried and concerned about what happens around you but that does not mean nothing happens outside do you get what i'm saying so i think it's just about understanding that every country has its issues but what can you do as a person yeah. to make it better because me i'm very much solution driven i i i get frustrated when people complain a lot about things that they cannot change so for me for my mental health i'm just like let me do what I can. If I cannot do anything about the situation, leave it to God. But let me do what I can in my, in my possibilities. Instead of just complaining, 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 and nothing, you know. Because we see the bad things. But okay, what can you do in your own position, in your circle around yeah. you? What is it that you can do? Do that. But don't think that other people outside don't have issues as well. They do. Interesting. Now, um, that woman still on that whole thing. Um, mm. We have all these uprisings that come up. Yeah. Feminism and all that stuff. What's your view on the girl child and culture? Because you see, culture, mm. yeah, as someone who really takes a lot of pride in their culture, mm. it's very controversial because mm. then the Buganda culture mm. has all these other things that I personally agree with as as the man I am who has mm -hmm. also been raised in the culture. For example? I have a lot, a lot. Um, a woman is supposed to like respect their husband mm -hmm. and all this stuff, supposed to kneel down for them. Because mm -hmm. then, supposed to be submissive. Mm -hmm. Yeah? But 
out of love that mm-hmm. is how because then i've also just grown up seeing my dad and my mom mm-hmm. do just that and it makes sense to my head now mm-hmm. that i have grown up yeah this is there should be some bit of hierarchy mm-hmm. but then the average person like you who has been exposed mm-hmm. thinks that no we should all stand on the same ground yeah yeah it's very interesting i personally yeah do feel like um a man should be a man i want to be submissive but to a man that is doing his part funny story my parents i had a conversation with them sometime back and with them my father has been you know the head of the house when it comes to earning money and all of these things my mom has had periods where she has also worked definitely yeah. um but you know he was the main breadwinner and you know covering all these cuts and whatever it is and mom made sure you know the home is a home but they would also discuss you know certain topics on one level it's not like my dad just did whatever he wanted to and my mom didn't know all these things but then when i talked to them and i asked them about you know this whole thing of people now saying relationships should be 50-50 what do they think about it my parents said they think that that is right parent my parents who didn't do 50-50 you know that's not the life they lived but they said they would want me to be in a relationship where it's 50-50 Uh my mom did also say that she do, she wouldn't want me to be with someone that's now going to take me to struggle because then I could also be alone cuz I mean I've been working since I was 14 I pay my own bills which which I shouldn't downgrade my own lifestyle but in the relationship as it is it should be 50-50 I personally don't agree with that you know with me I and I know a lot of people don't agree with me but I feel like my man should be my man. I still want us to be on the same so level. So if you fell in love with me, talking. Today, yeah. and I am a broke ass, yeah? Mm-hmm. And you you've been working since 14. Mm-hmm. But then you love me. Mm-hmm. And I would probably find you in a house and you have a house and mm-hmm. a car. Mm-hmm. Would you be comfortable with me staying in your house? I don't think so. Not because you're broke. Yeah, but but remember but you just, love me. Yeah. I think it's the character trait because like I said I've been working since I was 14. So what were you doing all that time? I'm struggling. Do you get struggle? No. Struggle, struggle. We all have our struggles. But do you get what I'm saying? Like, okay, you're now because I, I would think cuz I'm 24. So I'm thinking my man, I don't know, probably older than me, maybe yeah. I don't know, 28, 30, whatever it is. In all this time you're now 30 I'm yeah, still at university stroke. no listen I'm still in university I'm even I'm already working I can afford my life how it is now but I'm trying to do more and I'm helping people outside of that you're telling me what are you doing you're broke what's your plan in life how do you want to survive that okay. doesn't make sense okay. I need someone that no you need to know <laughs> guys <laughs> frustrated no no no, no. we're not going to do that no 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 there's being broke whereby let's say you had okay, a deal and it failed yeah. that happens yeah, yeah. like i said i've been through life had a lot had nothing those things happen stroke as you said if you been to be wow naye you have to have a plan as to you How know you yeah, 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 i have a plan sense. i, I want to do this now babe i struggled i failed this and be transparent Don't show me at end try to and then in the end I find out you're just there chilling you're someone who's just going to sit there and I cook for you I work 
I study, I should clean you or whatever and do all these things while you do what? Stare at me and say, oh, babe, you're so beautiful. <laughs> when you didn't even contribute to any um, of the beauty. Okay, tables turn, turn. Uh, we go, do you think splitting the bill is also something people should be <laughs> or you also believe that no the I man should be the man and yeah, it should be babied as the woman yeah like I, the bible says because you're so a very every other two sentences you refer to god yeah yeah i do your christianity is top notch yes definitely number why is that though? why yeah um that's just who i am god just you know you go through life and things happen in life hmm. and i feel like it's the testimony that people talk about. You go to your lowest point and you meet God for yourself and you know. Because my parents took me to church, but then they stopped going at when I was like seven or eight. So I started taking myself and then taking my little brother. We would go like, church would be far, by the way. Like a journey of like one and a half hours. But me, little eight, nine-year-old, I would take my little brother and took in and we go and that's just... You know how it was for me so um yeah definitely number one priority but in terms of splitting the bill yeah. as in like what rent and btbt yeah yeah no it's not happening you want the man to take care of that stuff you want the man to take care of that yeah stuff, right? I, I do you know what and i find it interesting because a lot of guys are always like oh all i need is my woman to be the peace in my home that's what i want i want peace as well because like i said at this stage where i am right now the man who comes into my life has to add on to my life in some way. Do you get it? Because you need to convince me as to why I shouldn't continue my life how it is right now. Because right for now, I'm okay. okay. So if you really want me and want to be with me, we need to be on the same place, on the same page, and you know, kind yeah, of... in the first 10 tips, so yeah, now I know what I have to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead! No, but honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, only it's right, true, though. Yeah. Mm? It's only right because that is how we have grown up thinking. Yeah. But then also, because we want equal opportunity. Yeah. yeah. It's only right that things should be fair, fair to that. Yeah. But you know what? I also when a lot of feminists, for example, say oh, equality and things like that, um, I don't agree with that. Yeah. Because. <clears throat> As how God created us, yes, yeah. we're different. True. Because you're not going to be able to carry a child for nine months. That's always going to be a woman. Do you get it? Yeah. So there's certain things just Lil biologically. Pregnant, uh, okay, I know. It was a little <laughs> <laughs> stunt that he did there. But yeah, you know, it's just not possible. Mm. So we're not going to be able to be the same. But when it comes to like, let's say we're doing the same job, yeah. we should get the same payment. Yes, because we're doing the same job. Those things I agree with, but there's certain things, I mean, when I'm pregnant... So if we're doing the same job, yeah, yeah. we're getting the same payment. Yeah. We have the same bank account. <laughs> yes. With the same amount of money. Yeah. We probably worked for like five years. Yes. My husband is still going to be taking care of our bills. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I know a lot of people don't agree with me, but that's my own. I told you, my own parents sat me down and said, No, you should do 50 50. And I said, No. Because to, I feel like my husband's money, and I'm talking about a husband, not a yeah. boyfriend, because yeah, yeah. I've had, you know, boy, your boyfriend and telling me, boyfriend, Oh, yeah. I want to do your hair, BTBT. BT. No, you don't need to cover those bills for me. So my hair transport, I hear a lot of crazy things. So <laughs> that stuff, no, I can do that. But once we go 
and get married and we say I do in front of God and our witnesses that we have there, we become one. One person. Now. With the same bank account. Exactly. His money as a man is our money. My money. And this is what I saw from my parents. So I guess that's for you to keep pretty for me. No. My money is, first of all, a security backup for me. And second of all, it can be for like our parents, even his parents, because that's how I grew up. My mother, my judge, Azala Tata, mm. my mom at home, she buys most of the, of the things yeah. with her money. And it's not her mom, it's my dad's mom. She does that. Mm. Covering anything, they can call my mom, which is fine. But when it comes to our rent, as in our house at home, no, he needs to, yeah. It needs to be the husband. But I'm not saying all the... If yeah. he has a dry whatever and struggling whatever, I'm not saying I would never... Come through. No, you know, cut yeah, my money. Yeah. And, no, I'm not that type of person. I would definitely give and contribute on what that is. But mainly the main essence of how things survive, how work, survivors, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's how... The man should be. be the man. Yes. But also... Um, but are you willing to really have my matoke in like... Why wouldn't you be kneeling? Um, but I never saw that with my parents. Yeah? Mm-mm. I think I do that like with my grandparents, my on- uncles and things like that, my sangas, I kneel. But my parents, even my mom who's so cultured, she never had But then you can kneel, to, you, you don't want to kneel to give me food, but then you can kneel. To greet uh, <laughs> uh, my elders. Yeah, I can. Wow. You know when I'll kneel? Yeah. At the Kwanjula? The, the and at night wow because that's how it's designed anyway oh really yeah i think that's where it's that okay but if you're willing to kneel at the kwanjula you're yeah. kneeling for people yeah um, why wouldn't you kneel for okay i do not like people to kneel down for me actually no me even as an if we go to my judge's home yeah. we're you there yeah kneel. yeah and she's giving me food or whatever i will kneel and give you food but outside oh, of yeah. that, yeah. you know, yeah. and I, I guess it's a respect that I have for yeah. my grandmother because she's 95. I cannot now sit there and she's lived yeah. her life. That's how she sees things, which is fine. I love her the way she is. Okay. That's okay. But outside of that, I just didn't see it with my parents either. So I guess that's where I have that from. Okay. Mm. I appreciate that. Thank you, Melissa. This has <laughs> been so good. Uh, yeah, definitely have to work on that. Make you part video. <laughs>